Hello, and welcome to Foss and Crafts, a podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together. With my co-host, Morgan. And my co-host, Christine. And today, we've got a special guest, Sophie Jantak. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sophie. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself and give a quick rundown on your art background and what you're doing here? Hi, thank you for having me. So, I'm Sophie. I'm an animal artist and I use grease pencil. I've been using Blender to draw for almost two years now, and it's been maybe a year since I really got into painting 2D still images with grease pencil. It has since become the only drawing software that I use, and I love it. I have a whole channel dedicated to it, which is just my name, Sophie Jantak, on YouTube. As for art background, I'm fully self-taught, so I never attended any art school or anything like that. I actually studied and have a degree in environmental sciences. But yeah, for me, self-taught means following just so many online art courses, learning as much as I can from other artists, and learning about the art fundamentals. It's been a long and, at times, confusing journey. But in the past year, it's really started to feel like all of these different concepts have been falling into place, have been starting to really click for me. And I'm starting to be able to make the kinds of paintings and illustrations that I've always wanted to make, which is so exciting. And so all of that has finally led me to making pet commissions, channeling that love for animals and the natural world into something that I can get paid for. And so that is also what we're talking about today and why Christine reached out to me. So yeah, this commission, as Sophie mentioned, is it was basically an excuse I had of doing multiple things at once, as I'm kind of want to do, right? Like I have a tendency to kind of combine multiple things I want to do into one thing. And in this case, I wanted to get you an anniversary present because this is our 13th anniversary, right? And also, I'm a big fan of Sophie Jantak. Actually, Morgan and I sometimes watch your videos while we're eating lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so I thought it would be cool to have Sophie on the show. And also secretly, I wanted to be able to collaborate with Sophie. So, I mean, the other reason that I brought it up is that Blender has a really cool tool. I guess people mostly know of Blender as being, you know, a 3D graphics art tool, but it also has a really amazing 2D graphics suite now called Grease Pencil. And Sophie is a pretty awesome, in my opinion, artist who has kind of a very original style using Grease Pencil. But maybe before I ramble any further than I already have here, Sophie, would you mind giving our audience a little explainer of what Grease Pencil is? Well, first, thank you. Uh, So Grease Pencil is a vector-based drawing tool, but it very much handles and draws like your typical painting program, at least in my opinion. But because it's vector-based, that allows for so much extra freedom and capabilities. So if you think of most painting programs, digital art programs, they have layers, which are separate from one another, and that allows for a lot more freedom than, say, traditional art. Because you can modify specific layers, you can reorder them in the layer stack, you can erase from a single layer, recolor or transform a single layer. And so with Grease Pencil, it's, it's like that, but now it's on the scale of every single stroke exists separately, as if every stroke was on its own layer, 
which would be chaos in a painting software, but works amazingly well in Blender. And that's just a very small part of what Grease Pencil is. You'd get a different answer depending on who you ask. Grease Pencil can also be used to make 3D art, since the drawing strokes exist in 3D space. It is also an animation tool with keyframes and onion skinning, but I'm coming to it from the perspective of a 2D artist and painter. Sophie, what got you into Blender? So it was actually not even Grease Pencil that got me into Blender. I wanted to start using Blender with the mindset that I could be able to create reference images for myself with it. So rather than spend time searching for reference images that I could use, I wanted to try modeling characters, creatures, scenes, very roughly, of course, nothing fancy, but enough so that, you know, I'd be able to pose things exactly how I want, add the lighting that I want, try out different camera angles. In the end, I did not enjoy doing that at all, but in dipping my toes into the Blender world, I learned about Grease Pencil, and I thought drawing in 3D space sounded like the coolest thing ever. And so from there, my first experiences using Grease Pencil were using it to make 3D stuff, 3D animations, which was a lot of fun to play around with. But I do think that at my core, at my heart, I am mainly a 2D artist and a painter. That's what I'm most passionate about. So I think once the novelty wore off and once I kind of made a few things that were pretty cool, I lost interest in making 3D animations with it. But by then, I had gotten a pretty good grasp on Grease Pencil as a tool, and so I started figuring out how I could use it to paint. And what is your flow? My art process. All right. So first thing I do is a big old reference image search. I have not found a substitute for just spending a long time finding reference images. And honestly, I'm fine with that. Once I embraced that that's a really important part of my process and that I need reference images, I quite enjoy the, the treasure hunt. And so for me, the planning stage is really creating a collage of images, almost like puzzle pieces that I'm going to fit together later. Different images that I'll mash together if I'm creating like a fantasy creature that's a hybrid of multiple animals, uh, maybe some images that are inspiration for the color or inspiration for the background elements for different textures that I want to add. So I start with the building blocks, which I have displayed on one side of my screen. And then I open a new canvas and quickly sketch out how I want all of these different elements to be combined. Just a quick half hour sketch or so. I very quickly move on to color. And at first, this looks like just throwing things onto a canvas. So colors, textures, strokes, even images. And then the rest of my process is taking that initial sort of chaos and then refining it. I find it a lot easier to just make something really quickly at first and then to fix it and turn that into something nice. For me, I have a much easier time with that than trying to make something nice from the start. And so I, I like initially just messing up my canvas. And then from that, as I'm finding my as I'm finding my painting, I kind of figure out the form and the lighting, composition. I figure a lot of that out as I go. I'm kind of interested in some details about the technical approach that you have. I mean, you do a lot of interesting stuff 
as in terms of the way that you layer the semi-transparent things that kind of look like watercolors. So I, I just kind of am curious, like, how did you develop that style? Oh, well, thank you. I think a lot of my technical approach came from not the limitations of the software, but the limitations of my laptop. I It's powerful enough to handle grease pencil, which I could not say about my previous laptop, but it's still quite old and nothing too fancy. And so there are some things about grease pencil that it is not able to handle. So for example, people have made really beautiful textured brushes for grease pencil, but my laptop absolutely hated them. Essentially, these brushes would rely on creating a lot of geometry. So grease pencil strokes are vectors, they consist of points, which are geometry, and my laptop capped out pretty quickly on how many points it could handle, after which point it became so slow that it was no longer fun to use. And so that led to me developing this method of adding textures as images, as grease pencil fills rather than strokes, as a way to require a lot less geometry. And then once I figured out that method, it really unlocked something for me, and I just kept creating more textures, more different kinds of textures, and I kept just wanting to expand the different kinds of textures that I could create. And why is Grease Pencil the best tool for your current art style? Yeah, so that's something I've often said, and I think it has to do with what I described earlier, of figuring out a piece through the process of making it. With most art mediums, I think, pieces can get overworked, and there are limitations on how much you can modify things and move them around once you've started painting. Digital art definitely offers more freedom than traditional art, but still, with pixel-based programs, if you want to move something very late in the process, you're essentially chopping into pixels, and then you have to paint over them to fix them. And so doing big fixes like that becomes a lot less desirable the further along you are in the painting process. And of course, this is where having more prep before starting a piece would definitely come in handy, whether that's doing small practice pieces, doing thumbnailing. Uh, these are things that I always struggled with. And I'm not saying that I couldn't have gotten better at doing them with practice. Of course I could have, but I also really didn't enjoy them. And I don't know, I have a hard time making myself do things I don't enjoy. Especially if I could find an alternative, a workaround that I enjoy a lot more, which is grease pencil. It gives me ultimate freedom all throughout the painting process. Since every stroke is selectable and modifiable, I really don't get that same feeling of overworking a piece or not being able to modify things even very late into the piece. So let's talk some more about the pet portraits specifically. Like, what are these? How do you get into them? So these are pet commissions. I describe them as being in the style of a nature journal page. I've always admired people who keep nature journals, and I love looking at them. They're also inspired by field guides because I just love, again, looking at field guides and reading about animals, reading about the personalities behind the photos. And so that's the idea. They're a combination of painting and sketches with added text that may be full paragraphs or bullet point lists. 
so that we can combine the outside beauty of someone's pets with anecdotes about them and how they are secretly a butthole or secretly a sweetheart beneath their grumpy exterior. I really love being able to capture all the different facets of a living being. And so the idea actually came from one of my best friends. I had been making these kinds of pages already, but about fantasy creatures. And she came to me one day and asked me to make one for her cat. It was something I had never considered, but as soon as she described the idea, I mean, it was perfect. It was such a good idea. It's something that I've never seen anyone else make before, and it perfectly lines up with all of the things that I already like to make. And now getting around to our commission. I was left out of the origin story of this, so how did this collaboration start? Well, you were around at least for kind of part of the stumbling part of it. After I mentioned that I kind of had multiple agendas at once, but I had already shot off an email to Sophie about this and for all the reasons I previously said. And then I kind of walked downstairs and was like, oh, shoot, like I just suggested commissioning this thing before we had any conversation. I have to kind of give a slight spoiler that this is that without telling you who it is, we're thinking about doing some sort of collaboration for our anniversary thing. Um, but the the how that ended up happening was, as, as said, we've watched a bunch of videos about um, Sophie, like do, using grease pencils. Sometimes we watch them during lunch and et cetera. And one of the things that she highlights in her videos is these, you know, really beautiful pet portraits. And so I kind of on a whim to try to tie all these things together, just shot Sophie an email asking whether or not she'd be interested. And then after doing the commission, whether or not she'd be interested in coming on the show here. So that's kind of my perspective on things. Uh, Sophie, does that, does that match what you remember? Is there, what, what was your experience with kind of kicking off this commission? Yes, yeah, so it was definitely a really exciting email to get. Of course, I was immediately down for doing the commission. I've pretty much been able to do every commission that someone has contacted me about, which is great. They've all been different experiences, but all really wonderful. I just love commissions. The podcast being tied into it, I mean, that was okay. This definitely is not my comfort zone, but I will do almost anything if it means that I can draw cute cats and get paid for it. So we talk a lot on this show about making things together and collaborative artwork. And I think that this project really fits with. So I want to be clear that this is a somewhat collaborative piece, but really it's mostly Sophie's work, right? Like I, what, what I did was, you know, aside from reaching out from Sophie and us kind of discussing the idea of having both our cats, both our current cat, Missy, and our kind of deceased cat, Kelsey, I um, I mostly just sort of, uh, provided a bunch of materials. I provided sketches that I had drawn for some comics, actually some cat comics I did for Morgan. Well, wait a minute. Should we explain that? The Yeah, so when I was working on my dissertation and everything was bleak and burnout and stuff like that, Christine was making me these comics and putting them in envelopes. And whenever I hit certain milestones, I got to open a cat comic to cheer me up and as like a little reward for finishing a chapter. So I guess we'll also link those comics, that set of comic series in this episode. Um, but 
you know, so I, I, but I also, aside from those, I included a bunch of uh, reference images of both our cats, but also stuff around our house, since Sophie does a great job of kind of pulling in a lot of things into her, her artwork. And I also tried to provide some narrative as in terms of like, you know, here's the story of how the way that we kind of think about our cats and so on. Um, and, and I also had a very awkward call with Sophie where like out of nowhere I started kind of reading the comics out loud because I wasn't sure what to do and I think both Sophie and I kind of looked at each other like we didn't know what we were supposed to do but regardless basically I just fed um, a, a lot of material way too much material probably to Sophie and she kind of figured out how to weave it together into the story both visually and actually with also some text so so Sophie, once you got all of these reference materials, how then did you proceed to create this artwork? Yeah, so I should just say that when it comes to these commissions, I am a big fan of having too much to work with. This was honestly perfect. That being said, I do remember when I started, I had no idea how I would bring it all together. And in the meantime, I would, was just sketching the cats. And over emails, I was asking about your house, and Christine was sending over all kinds of photos and also telling me about the history of the house. And then I started sketching from the house references. And again, no clue what I was going to do with them. And I mean, I guess the whole time that I'm sketching, all the information that I have is just kind of swirling around in my head. And I remember I started placing things around the page. And I think I even sent Christine an update that was just drawings and no text or anything. Again no idea even at that point and then one day i was just working on the layout just kind of moving things around and i had one idea so i added in a text box started writing another idea another text box and it just kept going and i think within the hour the story and the layout were like 98 percent there and that's not always the case but that is how some of these commissions go i have no idea I sketch and I let my mind wander for a few days and then eventually there's a page with a narrative. And then once you got the artwork together you wrote these like narrative descriptions of our cats and you dubbed them Kelsey the Queen and Missy the Seer. How did you come to that narrative? Yeah so I really like to make these pages based on what sort of vibe I get from like the email interactions with the person who has commissioned me. I, I think I've gotten pretty good at gauging whether, you know, a very silly page is right for someone or whether we should go for a more serious, heartfelt tribute. And in this case, I guess I got the sense that something fantastical and with a very rich and completely fake backstory would be well received just by learning about the house and also some of the comments that Christine herself made about the cats. And one of the so one of the goals of doing this is also to create a free culture piece, right? We want we're actually releasing this artwork under uh, Creative Commons attribution share alike. Um, so you can even download the .blend file and actually see how Sophie did all this. And one of the cool parts for me about collaborating on this is that I got to open up the blend files that Sophie was sending me and I was like oh my gosh this is how she's doing it right like you know 
where I expected there to be, you know, like these textured plans for like the sketches that I put in there. And that wasn't the case at all. Like she was using these like paint materials and I was expect, and I accidentally hit space, which triggered the animation playback. And suddenly the camera flipped and I was like, oh, this is so that Sophie can check that the artwork makes sense when you mirror it, like a common artist technique. And I just kind of bumbled into all of that. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious, Sophie, was that like, have you released the source files to your like artwork before? And like, what was it like having someone like me, who's probably a bit, maybe even overly inquisitive, um, like poking around in there? Was it, was it fun at least? Definitely. It was very fun for me to, <laughs> I really, really liked reading your reactions to my file. I have shared some of my blend files in the past, and I have recently started a Patreon where I share pretty much all of the blend files that I can, like for any personal artwork that I make. I certainly hope it's been helpful for other people, but I've never, I've never before had anyone react to it like you have, and it actually gave me ideas for videos that I can make, explaining how I did some of these things that kind of <laughs> took you by surprise. Some of these things I've been doing for so many months now that I forget that it's not standard. <laughs> and so I don't always know what would be worth turning into a video. So it actually gave me some ideas just seeing your initial reactions, seeing what they were going through my file. And it made me realize what could be turned into some interesting videos. And on the free culture perspective, uh, there's one more thing, which is when we were talking about this piece, you had mentioned, uh, you know, that you had this set of fonts on your computer and you were you know asking if i had any opinions on them and i made a, an explicit request that you use a font that was freely licensed you know from like the an open font repository and you did um but i think that that was an ask that you know kind of led you to jump out um and do something you might not have normally done like what how was that for you was that you know, a good experience or was it kind of unexpected or did I throw a wrench in the works or? Oh, I mean, that was okay. I certainly understood where you were coming from because like I mentioned to you, if I were to use my usual fonts, I wouldn't be able to include them in the blend file that we released since they aren't free and they aren't mine to redistribute. But it was simple enough. You gave me a place to download free fonts from. And I remember I just searched for a list of like top 20 handwritten fonts because that's the kind of fonts I like using. And so I found a couple pretty easily enough. As for the experience, I mean, it was neutral. It was a commission specification that I was happy to work with. And I, I do like what we got in the end, but I still love the fonts that I buy. And this has not changed my mind about using free fonts. But I'm very biased at this point. Anyway, thanks so much for collaborating on this and also for, you know, fulfilling my, uh, like, five agendas that set out with this. Oh, you're welcome. It was a really fun project to work on. But the next thing I'd like to ask is, can other people commission you? Like, are you available to do work either for cat portraits or even for other things? Like, what about illustration work and stuff like that? Is that something you've done before? Is that something you're interested in doing? And how can people contact you? Yes, definitely. I am open for commissions. I hope to keep making these pet commissions and commissions in general for a very long time. I love them. And I have a pet commission website that maybe we can link in the show. 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes. I have also done other commission work, illustration work from people just emailing me because they like my art and they have an idea. And I've loved doing that as well. So I'm definitely open to more than just pet commissions. Of course, animals and creatures are my strong suit. But I think if you like what I make and that gives you an idea for something else that we can make together, I think that could definitely work out well. And I'm very open to that. And so the best way to reach me for that is my email, which is my full name, sophiejantak at gmail.com. And we typically end our guest interviews with the same question, which is, what are you currently crafting? So a new project this year that I'm very proud of. Uh, So my partner and I have fulfilled a longtime goal of both of ours to grow our own vegetable garden entirely from seeds. So we started them indoors, we germinated the seeds, we sprouted them under grow lights. When it was starting to get warmer, we started leaving them outside for a couple hours a day to harden them off. And at this point, they're all planted outside and they're doing so well. I'm such a proud plant mom. We're actually starting to see our first little bud. It's a little pepper plant bud. And so we also have a lot of tomato plants, beans, cucumbers, some herbs, flowers, and lettuces. It's been really fun to watch them grow and to have this thing to do that's like semi can semi daily for the most part. It's also been really nice to have a joint project for the two of us to do together. Lately, I've been doing mostly the daily watering. He is more the weekend maintenance work, like trimming, making sure, making sure all our trellises and structures are holding up. But yeah, for our first year doing this, I'm so proud of us. And we should be harvesting, actually, our first lettuce head tonight. And that's it. Thank you so much, Sophie, for coming and joining us on this show. We really enjoyed having you here. Yes, thank you. And we love the artwork. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. And I just wanted to add so that your listeners know, uh, I really appreciate that Morgan and Christine were very understanding and accommodating when it came to filming this episode. Because anyways, like I mentioned to them, this is not, again, not my comfort zone. (laughs) And so they were really great about just working with me and making the whole process comfortable. So shout out to you two. You're awesome. And thank you. And I also really like what we made together. Oh, thanks. Sophie, you're too sweet. We loved having you on. And we really loved how the piece turned out, too. And we got a new Patreon supporter. In the mega supporter tier. Thank you to Robert Gale. Oh, and as we said in the last episode, we have these craft circle slash user group style groups called Hack and Craft that we run. So this month we're going to be doing our first trial of a user group side of Hack and Craft. I am going to be giving an intro to scheme presentation, as we mentioned in the last episode. And since we have the schedule for our Hack and Crafts tiered to be um, the first Saturday of the month appropriate for one time zone area and the second one for a different one, we're just going to be giving the same workshop on both the first Saturday of the month and then the third Saturday of the month. And we will record the second one and have the first one be more like a trial run. Yep, that's it. So, uh... Maybe see you there. Okay, bye, everybody. Thanks, bye. (laughs) Bye. 
Foss and Crafts is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. It's hosted by Morgan Lemmerweber and Christine Lemmerweber. The intro music is composed by Christine Lemmerweber, meaning myself, in Milky Tracker, and is released under the same license as the show. The outro music is Enchanted Tiki 86, composed by Alex Smith of The Cynic Project, and is waved into the public domain under CC0 1.0. See cynicmusic.com for more information. You can get in contact with us on the Fediverse, Foss and Crafts, at octodon.social, on Twitter as at Foss and Crafts, or you can email us, podcast at fossandcrafts.org. We also have a chat room. Join our community on hash Foss and Crafts on irc.libera.chat. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash Foss and Crafts. That's it for this week. Until next time, stay free. And stay crafty. Hello, it's time to test recording again. Testing, testing. That's, you're a bit quiet. It's because it's your desk. I'm pretty scooched over. I know, but I speak quieter than you. It's true. This is why the microphone is pretty much always closer to Morgan when we record these episodes, because I'm a loudmouth in comparison to Morgan, at least. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> 